Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're going to be looking at Psalm chapter 36 through chapter 40, or at least that's our scripture reading today. I hope you've been keeping up in the scripture reading of Psalms through the book, uh, or excuse me, through the month of June. It, it is one of those challenges that I think is going to be very good. Uh, if you stick all the way through it, you're going to have the book of Psalms entirely read within a month, five chapters a day. And of course, Psalms generally are not very long. When you get to Psalm 119, it gets a little bit long, but also to go along with Psalm 119 is Psalm 117, which is just a couple of verses. So that kind of balances some things out once in a while. But today we are going to be focusing in specifically on Psalm chapter 37, but that scripture reading is verse chapters 36 through 40. So I hope that you uh, have accomplished that. And of course, if you have accomplished that, go ahead and uh, put down in the uh, comment section that you did get those, those chapters read here this morning. But let's go ahead and let's read Psalm chapter 37. It says this, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord and trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not threat because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret it, only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and the needy, to slay those who are upright of upright conduct. Their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man has is better than riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine. They shall be satisfied, but the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of meadows, shall vanish. Into smoke they shall vanish away. The wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. For those blessed by, excuse me, for those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and his delights, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. He is ever merciful in lens, and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. 
They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, and his tongue talks of justice. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait in the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. The wicked are cut off. You shall see it. I have seen the wicked in great power, in spreading himself like a native green tree. Yet he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off, but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Wow, there is an awful lot in this chapter here. In fact, there's so much in this chapter, there's no way that we could get through it all in one devotional. But I do want to point out just a few things here in this passage. The first one is in verses 3 through 5. It says this, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord and trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now, this is a fairly familiar passage of Scripture, and of course, one of the, the main verses or the main part of this passage uh, is that idea of delight yourself in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. And I want to talk about that for just a little bit, but before we do, I do want to get into uh, that first verse that says, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. You know, this is the thing that sets up delighting in the Lord and getting the desires of your heart is that we have to first trust in God. We have to first trust in God. Do you trust God with your life? You know, what area of your life are you not trusting God with? What areas of your life are you trusting God with? Is there something that you're holding back from God? But then it's not just this idea of trusting God. Then you have to go and to actually put actions to that and do good, it says. And do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. And then it says, dwell in the land. You know, this is important to understand. You should, you should dwell where God puts you. Now, this doesn't mean that God doesn't move people from time to time, but so many people refuse to be planted where God places them. So many people refuse to do that. They refuse to go and to simply be planted where God places them. They refuse to dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Feed on his faithfulness. You know, so many people go in, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with moving. I've moved in my life and moved in such a way of following God. And I, I trust that if you move, you too will be doing so to follow God. But so many times it's not the call of God. There isn't deliberate thought that goes into it. There isn't, um, there isn't prayer. There isn't fasting that goes into it. It's just simply 
well, I, I got a whim and so I moved or I got a better job offer and so I moved or uh, I went and got offended at my church. So I moved, you know, it, it could be any of those types of things that, that people go and get. But you are to go and to dwell in the land. And while you're dwelling in the land, you should feed on his faithfulness. So your faithfulness should be fueled by God's faithfulness. And that means, because guess what? People do bad things to God all the time. That means when disappointing things come to you or life gets mundane or things aren't as exciting as you want it to be, or or, or maybe you're just not getting out of life what you think you want to get out of life, it means that when all of these difficulties come up, you are to remember the faithfulness of God and to remain faithful. Now, you should be listening to the voice of God and make sure he's saying to stay put, make sure he's saying to stay planted. But our default position should be to be where God plants us. So you got to trust in God. You have to do good. You have to stay where you're planted. And then it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, so many people just want to go in here and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Oh, Lord, didn't you see this in your word? Oh, I want one of these and two of those and four of these. Oh, Lord, give me the desires of my heart. You know, so many times that's how we approach this passage of Scripture, but that's not at all what this passage of Scripture is saying. It's saying, delight yourself in the Lord. That's the main thing here. Do you delight in the Lord? What are the things you delight in in your life? You know, I would say that some of the things that I delight in in my life, I, I really delight in Iowa State basketball. I really enjoy Iowa State basketball. You, you know, I, I like sports and I like basketball. That's that's probably my favorite sport to go and to watch and things like that. But but there's something just absolutely delightful about watching Iowa State basketball. I mean, it's just one of my favorite things. I can go and I can study it. I can spend lots of time doing it. I can watch reruns of old games. I can go and and, and read stories on it, listen to podcasts. And, uh, I, you know, I don't necessarily have as much time to do all this stuff uh, that I used to. But when I do get a chance to do it, I really do delight in it. There's just something I really enjoy about it. Is that the kind of relationship that you have with God? That you can go... And say, look, I just delight to be in the presence of God. I just delight to, oh man, I love reading the word of God. I love spending time in worship with God. Is that your relationship with God? Well, if you want the desires of your heart, that should be your relationship with God. And let me tell you a secret. When you delight yourself in God, your heart is going to change to become like God. You're going to be in agreement with God. And so God is going to give you the things that you desire because you're going to be desiring good things, things that will benefit you, things that will benefit others, things that will be righteous. But if you don't delight yourself in God, he's not going to give you the desires of your heart because you're either not going to want right things or you're going to want those perhaps right things or at least neutral things, and you're going to want them with the wrong attitude. You're going to want to spend them on your selfish desires as opposed to going and using them for the purpose that God intends for them. So you need to delight yourself in the Lord so that your heart desires the right thing so that God can say, yes, I will give you those things. Then it goes and it says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. 
Are you committing your way to the Lord? Are you committing what you're doing to God? Are you saying, Lord, I'm not necessarily sure how to get through this, but Lord, I'm going to commit it to you. I'm going to commit it to you. Because when you commit it to God, when you're trusting in God and you're delighting in the Lord, guess what? He brings it to pass. There might be something difficult in your life that you're just waiting for God to come through. Well, if you're delighting in the Lord, if you're committing it unto the Lord, saying, Lord, I'm giving it to you, then guess what's going to happen? He is going to bring it to pass. Then I want to come down here to verse 25 through 28. And it says this, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves justice, and he does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. And what I want to point out about this passage here, about this portion of Scripture— is the idea of a generational enterprise in, in the sense of thinking generationally. You know, so many times Scripture tells us to think generationally. You know, whether it was uh, to the children of Israel saying, look, put up these stones when you cross over the Jordan, and your children will come and ask, what are these stones for? And then you can tell them all of the works that your God has done. Whether it's uh, telling you to go and to raise up children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. There's always this idea of a generational enterprise within Scripture. But here we see something interesting because so many times, uh, you, you know, I think when when we come to thinking generationally, we often think of, you know, going and laying up an inheritance, having uh, a, a testimony or a legacy to go and to pass on to our children. But But one of the most important things that you can do, even financially for your children and for your grandchildren and for your great-grandchildren, those who come after you, is to be righteous is to be righteous. I don't know if you caught this in here, but it goes and it says, I've been young and now I'm old. Okay. So what is he saying here? I've seen all these things and yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging for bread. You know, if you choose to be righteous, you are passing down a blessing upon your children, and not just a blessing of, yes, they get to see um, the gospel worked out, but you're actually passing down provisions to them. God is actually going and saying, look, they're not going to go hungry. They're not going to go hungry. There's going to be provisions for them if you are living a, a, a righteous life. And then there's the flip side of this, though. It says at the, the end of verse 28, it says, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. The descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. You see, you are either setting yourself up to be a blessing to your children and to your grandchildren and to your great-grandchildren, or you are setting yourself up to be a curse to your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren. Now, 
listen to this because I know what you're probably thinking or some of you are probably sitting out there thinking, well, now hold on here. I mean, they have to make their decisions for themselves and they're going to be held accountable for their decisions. Yeah, it's true. And and, and yes, somebody can break a cycle, whether for the good or for the bad. Somebody can go and, and choose to go and to sin or somebody can go and choose to go and to pick righteousness if their descendants before them were wicked. That, that That's true. That's true. I'm not I'm not arguing that that can't happen, but this is speaking as what the general rule is going to be. You're either generally going to be a blessing to those who come after you because you lived a righteous life and it is going to rub off on them. And therefore there is going to be provisions that come from that. Or you are going to be a curse and it is going to rub off on them because you lived a wicked life, and they're following in your footsteps. You know, the old saying goes, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And while there are times that chains are broken, and praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for those who step out in faith and stand in righteousness and break generational sins and break generational curses then in that way. Praise the Lord for that when people choose to do that. And, and look, if you don't come from, uh, from an you know, incredible line of righteousness, be that person. But there's a reason we have the saying, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It's because generally this is what happens. There are those who break the norm, but most people stay within the norm. Don't count on your grandkids or your great-grandkids or your children being the exception. Count on them being the rule and give them every chance to succeed by being a blessing to them by living a righteous life. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Something